Hello and... <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Mr. Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? I am very, very good indeed. <laughs> I'm way more chipper than last week. <laughs> I'm very chipper. I'm just good. Life are you very good. chipper? Just life is good. Very nice weekend. Life is good. Yep. All is well. Yes. Can we do some admin before we start, please? Yep. Uh, 10 days left on Stadio t-shirts. Go to Stadio website, stadio.football. You'll find the article there that will link to the Everpress page. We'll also tweet the link over the coming days. Go and purchase one if you haven't already. They're 21 euros. Helps keep the lights on. Indeed it does. Etc. And also we had some cool stuff go up on the website. We had Justin Sahani's piece last week about Ben Arthur, which was really good. Um, Sana Qureshi wrote a really good piece about her first trip to Camp Nou. To see Messi. And to others. see Messi. Um, she was there for the Levante game. And I was up till stupid o'clock because we came up, well, I you came, came up, up with the idea, idea of chopping some videos to Dilla Beats on the study. birthday, isn't it? It's his birthday today. It's, it was the anniversary. So it's the anniversary of Jay Dilla's death today, okay, who right. is a very legendary hip hop producer, who did stuff with Tribe Called Quest and Buster Rhymes, Janet Jackson, Erica Badu, The Roots, The Far Side, Q-Tip, loads of stuff. And uh, it was his, well, it was his birthday on Friday and it's the anniversary of his death as we're recording today on Monday. So I said to Musa on Friday, why don't we do some videos, pick five players, chop up some highlights from them to some Dilla Beats. Musa was like, what a great idea. And I said, right, cool. Well, that's, uh, that's my weekend. Go yeah, on, you do your entire weekend. But they look amazing. Thanks, they man. Look, they sound amazing. They're so there's, a, there's five on the site in, in an article called Champion Sound. And um, there's a trailer that we posted on Twitter and Instagram. And the best thing is they're fun to watch at any time. That's the thing. Just put better music on football highlights, please. Sure. Where do you want to start this week? Milan Derby? Uh, Milan Derby, Betis, Barca, Bayern, Oof. Leipzig. I mean, there's so much. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy the, bar, uh, the Bayern-Leipzig game that much, to be honest. Well, it followed the pattern of so many Bayern games. You can't maintain that intensity that they maintained in the first half an entire match. Um, so if you look at the key performers for Bayern in the first half, Alfonso Davies, uh, Thiago Alcantara, just orchestrating the middle, Kimmich to an extent as well. And they didn't have the same impact on the game in the second half. And I think that was very much Nagelsmann's tactic to absorb the blow, to take that first 45 and then come out because you saw after the break the way Leipzig came out and the game finished nil-nil. The way Leipzig came out after the break was almost by design. Mm. The counterattacks were more brutal. The ball was moving through midfield. And I felt almost in the first half, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, like Leipzig have been so overawed in midfielders as if they've conceded possession. And you watch them in the second half and you're like, oh, they've been told to sit back. But they, they gave the entire midfield to Bayern in the first half and it was a risky strategy, but it almost paid off. Yeah, it's quite a common, it's not a common thing, but I've seen a few teams do this to Bayern this season. Hertha actually did it really well in the first half of the game at the Olympiastadion a few weeks ago, where they, Bayern had all of the ball for the first 20 minutes or so. Right. Um, but couldn't really create a chance. I think they created more chances against Leipzig on the weekend than they did in that Hertha game. But it was quite reminiscent to the reverse fixture as well. Do you remember? Like Bayern absolutely battered Leipzig in Leipzig. They did, they did, they really did. For the first, particularly the first half. The first half, and then Nagelsmann switched it a little bit in the second half, and they, they really grew into the game and actually could have nicked it. And should have. Yeah, probably. That's two, they've actually two games now. They should have. There were bad misses, very bad misses from Sabitzer 
at Timo Werner. I know we slightly disagree on which was the worst of the two. Sabitzer was, I think, 12 yards out. I think that Sabitzer one was the... It was a horrifying miss. I mean, I mean, it wasn't horrifying. I just think it was... It, I mean, it wasn't a howler, but I think he, I think, I think I he think could have Ver- done better because he had so much of the goal to aim at. Well, the Werner miss was a howler because mm-hmm. the, the, he was so isolated in space. Mm-hmm. You know, both goals, if you see... Both chances, if you see them, Sabitzer gets the ball 12 yards out, slashes it over the bar. And, you know, in fairness to him, there was a good challenge that came in that maybe threw him off. Mm-hmm. Werner didn't have the same excuse. Yeah, maybe. Great ball into feet. He was alone with Neuer. Could have taken touch and put it in the corner. And this is the problem with Werner. I always feel as if he has a big miss in him. You know, it sounds harsh, but if you look at Roy Mackay in that situation or Van Nistelrooy, or you'd expect that to go on the target. Mm, See, I think this is a bit revisionist. And I think this is something that a lot of people say about modern day strikers, because we see so much more of them around Europe than we used to. I think any good striker has a miss in them. I think it's, I think if you, you can't, you can't argue with Timo Werner's Record. goals per minute this season. And you, considering he's still only 23 years old, if you kind of recall the age that Lewandowski really started to peak, for example, elite strikers, they have the ingredients at that age, but you really don't see them do kind of being, master that until... Do you know being harsh? Because in the first half, he missed the target as well. A very presentable opportunity on the break. Yeah. And he sliced it wide. So I'm like, those two opportunities to me are the ones that make the difference. So I was like, this is, you know, it was like, it was almost like he wasn't locked in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. not, I'm not disagreeing that he missed chances that you would fancy him to take, but I, I, I don't really think that any elite striker doesn't have a miss in them. I but think that, that you, but, you, you've seen this, uh, you've seen this thrown at Aubameyang a million times or. See, I would throw it at Paco Alcacer as well. Uh, yeah. But also then. Paco Alcacer held the Bundesliga record for goals per minute last he season. He did. No, he did. So he did. It's, it's, I think it's when you create a lot of chances or when you score a lot of goals, people expect you to do that for every single chance. And that's just not, it's just not humanly possible. Yeah, but I, I, I know I'm like, a bit harsh here, but it's almost like the types of chance that people score, that people miss. Does that make sense? There are certain... Do you remember when Griezmann uh, took uh, Atleti to the final that year and he was absolutely locked in and he scored like because he had so Griezmann actually that season, I think one of the most efficient performances I've seen from any striker because he had so little opportunity um, and he would score like one opportunity because that's all you get at Letty. That's part of the problem. Mm. All you get at Letty is like one or two chances a game. And there are players that have that sense of the certainty. Aguero is like that, for example. And I suppose that what the game showed the other day was, it shows, I suppose, just how good Aguero is, that Aguero has that certainty about him. Whereas there are some strikers, and I look at them, I think, you're a volume goal scorer, but you're not, you know, you're not ruthless, if that makes sense. Yeah, but Aguero has, I think you could, if you're going to target, well, not target, but I think if you're going to throw that accusation at, at Werner, you can easily throw it just as validly at, at Sergio Aguero. I find him at club level more ruthless. It's a one, but it's, it's, it's like the Iguain thing. I mean, thing. yeah, it's maybe. Like, I just, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry if I'm kind you know, of sound you know, a bit. Oh, you're grumpy. There, now, he, there was, he is. Yeah. There, <laughs> got him. You poked <laughs> the bear. No, no, no. I mean, I just think stuff like this, it's so easy to, you know, a couple of weeks ago, people were talking about how Werner's going to go to Chelsea and he's the next great kind of striker in world football. And then because you miss a couple of chances against Bayern, I'm sorry, but like... No, but that was, you, I, I was never part of that. Though. I was never part of that. I'm using it as more of an example of how quickly people switch their narratives. Also, I think it, it's, it's easy to underestimate, despite, I, like, in my opinion, I don't think he's been the best German keeper for a few years now, but the aura that Manuel Neuer has when you're one-on-one with a guy. And he's absolutely giant. Like, I've stood next to both of them, or I've walked past, they've walked past me. Timo Werner is like my height. 
and Mamo Noya is gigantic. Next time you go to a press conference at Bayern, I think you need to like, I think you need to like Slayer and Dragon here. Next time you go to a press conference at Bayern, ask Noya a question. Just to sort of, because it seems like you've got a psychological block in relation to him. But like, to Neuer? You, yeah, I want you to work through that. I don't want you to be afraid of Neuer next time you see him in public. I mean, so I'm, I'm not. I'm saying well, that I, just, I'm, that's, that's but I don't have to go one-on-one against him in, in, <laughs> we'll in a see. game in the Alliance. <laughs> I'm going to try and engineer that. We'll try and get like a sort of a press day. Just put it through his legs, isn't it? <laughs> Easy. There you go, team. No, but so, so I, mean, I mean, like I said, I mean, like, like I said, I want to see a team other than Bayern win this year. Well, this is the predicament, isn't it? Because... Leipzig are the closest challengers at the moment, but that, yeah. that will be a massively unpopular champion. So you're in this kind of weird situation in the Bundesliga where a lot of people don't want Bayern to win it, mm. but the only other potentially realistic option, if I'm being a pragmatist, is probably Leipzig. It is. I don't think Gladbach are going to win it. I would love to see Gladbach win it, and I would love to see Dortmund put a really strong challenge in, but I think Dortmund now have psychological issues it's not even that to be honest I mean it is that probably as well but also like logistically in terms of personnel like Favre's kind of fucked it a bit with the team selection for the Bremen game in the midweek he didn't fully rotate but he didn't fully put out a first choice 11 Marco Royce got injured Julian Brand got injured on the weekend in the very I mean it's like the first four or five minutes he got a really nasty tackle on his on his ankle went off at half time he's going to be out for a few weeks he's huge Royce is going to miss well I think both of them now will definitely miss the first leg of the PSG game and Dortmund went out against yeah. Bremen anyway in a competition that they really shouldn't I don't want to disparage the Pokal because I actually really like it as a competition and the, the games were super fun and they've been great but for in, the last couple of years yeah. but in terms of priorities this season you know you're only a few points off the, le- the top of the league you've got big Champions League games coming up just put the kids out completely you know and it's left them now really short for a massive run of fixtures you know they've got Eintracht Frankfurt at home on Friday and then they've got PSG next week I mean I'm not being funny Julian Brandt and without um, Marco Royce I I mean mean, PSG attack will feast on that defence given a a chance because that that Dortmund defence unfortunately has got it's got issues well the only I was thinking about this because Emre Chan made his first start on the weekend yeah and although he looked a little bit rusty and ended up getting cramp at the end of the game I thought he was pretty good he scored an absolutely unbelievable yeah. goal um, and I'm wo- I wonder if the injuries to Royce and Brandt now will maybe think maybe make losing Favre think a little bit because the problem with the Dortmund defence is that they get out of sync a little bit in midfield mm. and it's just a clear path yeah right okay and exactly. that's when Hummels really struggles for one of the goals on the weekend against Leverkusen they were I was really surprised at how high their line was and it was really easy just to kind of make a run between I think it was a Kanji and Hummels can't remember which goal it was but I mean potentially pack in the middle of the park a little bit might not be a bad move for for Dortmund especially in the home leg right um because that front they, cannot, front they cannot be like two or three down on away goals going to Paris yeah but yeah that, that was a real massive opportunity missed for Dortmund but a great result for Leverkusen yeah so Dortmund just to sort of clarify Dortmund uh, lost 4-3 yeah sorry we didn't yeah. even read the score out yeah um, that was an unbelievable game game of the weekend I thought yeah it was outstanding and there was a lot of competition for that because you know Barca Betis as well and Milan, Milan Derby. Derby I didn't watch the Milan Derby but you know caught up with it and mm. um, well before we move on to the rest of the leagues Gladbach didn't play because their game against Cologne got called off thanks to Storm Sabina. Storm Sabina, which I think, you know, same Storm, different names, I think, in the UK. Different They've got uh, Ciara. Oh, wow. In the UK. It's the R&B. Chante- Ciara. Chanteuse. Uh-uh. 
seeing Ciara trending on Twitter led me down a, a nice mid early 2010s kind of R&B hole on uh, YouTube on, Lovely. On, on Saturday. That was great. You got a bit retro recently, yeah, with the dealer as well. Says the man rocking bootcut corduroys and a roll neck. And a roll neck, yes. Let's not call me retro. Season. Season. Uh, so yeah, there was no Gladback game. So actually the weekend was really good for Gladback because they can close the gap at the top. And again, I, mean, I would fancy them to beat Cologne at yep, home. That's a fair, fair shout. Uh, Freiburg beat Hoffenheim. Hertha lost at home to Mainz. Hertha weren't very good at all. I think this is probably the most disappointing result so far under Klinsmann. Um, one thing, we were talking about this before, the Hertha players had little black smudges on their face. You kind of you know when Juve do the thing with the red paint for domestic violence. Considering who's in their squad. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hertha did this in support of Jordan Turiniga, who got racially abused at the Schalke game in midweek. What did you think about that? Well, it's funny because the Schalke chairman has been racially abusing black people. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not just longer the suspension. Yeah. Oh, has he just come back? He just came back, yeah. Just oh. slipped back in all quiet. Turnies, Clemens Turnies. Um, what I think about it, yeah, I quite rate it, actually. Yeah? I th- yeah, I think it's quite a nice gesture. Um, sold out to your teammate. There was a big um, banner unveiled in the Oscover as well. I always think with these situations, it's about how the person who's experienced the abuse receives the gesture. Mm. And if they receive the gesture well, then great. Mm. Yeah. Some terrible defending from Marius Wolf for the second goal. And then he got sent off later in the game as well. Was, I mean, there was a lot of bad defending the Bundesliga yeah. this year. Apamecano, shout out. He was amazing for Leipzig against Bayern. He was outstanding, actually. He is brilliant. Yeah, so he was, he was the bright spot of the defending this weekend. Werder Bremen are in more trouble. Union won, 2-0. The second goal for that game... Is he on loan, uh, their goal scorer? Marius Bulter. Bulter, is he on loan? Yeah, he's on loan from Magdeburg. There are so many smart acquisitions they've made this year strengthening with Bundesliga experience, goal scorers. It's just been brilliant. Union not only looked likely to stay up, but stay up with a bit to spare. Yeah. Did you see the second goal? The second goal was absolutely amazing. But I mean, it doesn't look that great visually, but technically it was such a hard thing to do. He crossed the ball in and it came straight back out from like cleared by the defender. But with quite hefty pace and low, and he just side foots it first time from a really tight angle and oh, it went wow. about half a yard over the line and the goal decision system gave it but it was that te- such to keep a control your, to keep your head over it yeah it was so good I mean Union now are only two points behind Wolfsburg two points behind Eintracht Wolfsburg had a one all didn't they uh, yeah they did at home to uh, Fortuna Düsseldorf Uwe Rösler's first point in charge of you know, I'm a big believer in just to sort of backtrack there I'm a big believer in understated technique there's a pass that Thiago hits um in the first half of Bayern Leipzig. Actually, I think Alfonso Davis ended up now on the side, but he hits this pass off the laces and the ball basically is about an inch off the ground the whole way. Like he hits like a sort of a proper grass cutter and rips this pass. You know, he gets into feet really quick. And I just remember thinking like, wow. You know, when you hit a pass with the force of a shot with that kind of precision. Mm. Yeah, big believer. There should be like a compilation of like understated technique. Yeah. Like pieces of pieces, like passes and techniques that don't look that tough. Yeah. And then you like slow mo them and you're like, whoa. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and do the rest of stuff. Yeah. There's odds and ends all over the place. The rest it? of stuff. The rest of stuff. <laughs> the name for the podcast.
All right, we're back from the break. Should we get a couple of questions in before we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, there's one from at talking underscore spheres who says, has Ryan disowned his father yet? How <laughs> smug is Musa following events in recent days? To clarify to people who don't follow us on Twitter, which judging by the numbers of listeners and judging by my followers and Stadio followers, it's quite a few of you. So <laughs> if you're not following us on Twitter, at Stadio on Twitter, at Ryan Hun on Twitter, Musa's got enough followers. <laughs> So I called my dad last week and he said, oh, tell Musa that I wore a roll neck playing golf. I love it. And I said, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but then he went on to it's clarify. A it's a movement. Yeah. But then he went on to clarify later that it was, he meant a turtleneck and he was, he got into the nitty gritty about definitions. So he meant like a thermal one, but still, it's the kind of one that you always wear under your roll neck. Yeah, same energy. The roll neck separate. You certainly. We haven't spoke since. I'm delighted about it. Yeah, of course you are. I'm so happy. Like, because so I a little dad update for well, you. I haven't, I haven't forced on anyone. I've just said, look, just live your truth. And if your truth leads you in this direction in relation to your fashion choices, then, then so be it. I'm, I'm just really like, you know, in years, in years' time, I'm going to sit down for like a panorama interview and i'm gonna be like i tried telling everyone he tried yeah <laughs> he went rogue the signs are there and everyone's gonna be like i can't believe no one listens to this guy exactly. back <laughs> in 2020 <laughs> he was right all along see i'm very smug is the answer and i'm just living alone in my 80s with a couple of cats wearing a cardigan <laughs> yeah exactly. just being like i tried to tell him to the bitter end i tried to tell him everyone was too thirsty to listen to <laughs> <Yes>. me <laughs> <laughs> all right we've got this question from simon westlake with homogenised league winners across Germany, Italy, Spain and France in the past decade, along with the rise of state-funded clubs and football being used as soft power, bracket sport washing, do either of you find yourself becoming uninterested in the game as a whole? To answer that question in a very short manner, take a walk with me, Musa. <laughs> take a walk with you. In August that. 2019, Musa and I decided to enter the niche world of football podcasts. Yes. Because we thought, what the world really needs is another podcast where two guys are talking about football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. I think it us. could really catch on. We could, yeah, it's just, you know, it's uh, uncharted territory. Yeah, so we're kind of finding our way in this new, new world of football podcasts. I've never found football so interesting, actually, as I do now. I've never found it so interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot outside of that core that is really interesting for me. The coverage of women's football is super interesting for me and something that, you know, I feel like I'm learning all the time about new players and new yeah. kind of rivalries within that. Going a little bit further down the leagues in, in Germany has been super interesting and focusing on the Bundesliga more since living here or being more aware of it in general and the little kind of nuances and identities in all the various clubs in Germany. So, yeah, I think we're quite interested. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Dude, I just chopped up some videos to hip-hop music. Like, That's I think true. I'm pretty interested. <laughs> Deeply into it, yeah. This one from Nathan at FBC Nathan on Twitter with the first Premier League winter break upon us who would you each like to go on holiday with where would you go and why I'm assuming this is hang on I think there was a follow up here because I oh yeah as in player or manager Paul Pogba without question oh Paul Pogba to Ghana wow yeah do you know why because not only is Pogba so much fun to hang out with clearly everyone loves him everyone loves hanging out with him so like if Pogba goes to Ghana, you know Mbappe's coming. But also not that, you get music crossover. You know if Pogba's in Ghana, Burner Boy is going to come across from Nigeria and hang out. And then it's going to be all sorts, open season. Then Giannis is going to turn up. It's just going to be wild. It'd be like the mansion, 
you might get Lou Will in there. You'll have like a kind of Pogba be like orchestrating it. And then like, he'll get his mates along and be like, oh, who's that? Oh, it's Musa. Oh, you're Paul's friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's going to be the one. Paul Pogba and Garner. That's the one. That's really strong. So much fun. And the food. Oh my God, the food. I'd like to spend a weekend in San Sebastian with Jabby Alonso. That'd be quite fun. That'd be, and the food again. Isn't it I so mean, funny? yeah, the food we've in San Sebastian's food, amazing. We've gone for food and weather choices. Well, food, over, food over everything, man. Food, weather, conversation. Food, man. Thirst trap. Chabby Lonzo, San Sebastian. What a great question that was. These yeah, questions I'm trying are to think always, of another one. These questions are always great. Do you know what? I'd like to go to New York for like five days with Hector Bellerin. So you've gone for the quiet choice and I've gone for being seen. <laughs> That's interesting. Well. Good times. Well, out, out of character. I thought I'd try something different. <laughs> Just a shy poet, all exactly. alone in a big city. All alone in a big city. Uh, this one's from Shane Thomas. I always thought United winning the title from City in 2012 2013 was the most ruthlessly vengeful Premier League win ever. Is Liverpool's title win this season even more so after coming so close last year? Ooh, interesting. Weirdly, I didn't see United's win as vengeful. I know what you mean in terms of they came straight back and did it. It was a bit last gasp, wasn't it? In terms of like yeah. the one last, one last yeah, thing they, they, for, exactly. for Ferguson. I would say that Liverpool's Champions League after losing Madrid was definitely vengeful. And weirdly enough, the way that they've kind of performed this year, they haven't, in a funny kind of way, I mean, it's a great question, but it also implies that Liverpool have come back with renewed vigour this year. They haven't. They've just been, they've continued to be brilliant and City have fallen off a cliff. So Liverpool have actually performed, and this is the sort of almost a testament to Liverpool in the spec. There is something, they have a, that terrifying level of efficiency that I associated with Chelsea in the first era of Mourinho. When you really thought if they won a third straight league title at that point, I thought they're going to win like, they're going to win five straight. And Liverpool currently have that aura where they look like they're going to be on a five straight. Um, but yeah, what a great question. I'm trying to think actually of a vengeful return to form. Well, but I think the vengeful thing about this for me was that the title last season exhausted City. You could see it as right. the season went on. You could see it in that game mm. that, at the Etihad between City and Liverpool. Yeah. We've spoke about this game before, about that how it was feet. probably one of the best games of football I think I've ever seen in, in terms years, of certainly in years, intensity. Yeah. Intensity, technique, decisiveness. In a, a different kind of intensity because it wasn't, you know, end-to-end counter-attacking, you know, swinging blows kind of thing it was just exhaust. it was exhausting watching it every I, player I was thinking yeah. you know you can see that every player yeah. was like patterns yeah. patterns patterns but then City obviously went out of the Champions League to Spurs won the league <laughs> and if you step back from it a little bit you know Liverpool are, are like alright you can have the league we'll win the Champions League Pep's like I want the Champions League so bad so badly Klopp's like alright we'll have this this year and then we're going to go and blow the league by like 20 odd points next season yeah that's a baller move it is it is it's actually masterful and they snuffed out I mean the way they snuffed out Spurs in the in the final and the way they've just snuffed out the league challenges everyone watched these sort of um, X-Men Fantastic Four they're like Galactus Liverpool they're just devouring (laughs) devouring worlds I think it's just an example of a perfect balance between all of the ingredients that people feel develop success within a football club yeah. no matter what side of the fence you're on whether you're data driven whether you're hashtag passion driven the thing about Liverpool is that they have it all optimised performance I think they're the yeah. only club I can see really doing it to that degree yeah it's amazing and everything's I can't on remember. maximum to the point where I can't even remember in recent what they're doing is so you know what I love about their style as well is they don't get carried away mm-hmm. like they yeah clubs are realist yeah they play within themselves 
that whole thing like powers nothing about control. It's not like Mike Tyson where he would defeat people with sheer ferocity. It's just the containment of the technique, which is so powerful. And there is a guy that can rotate. Klopp's rotation is outstanding. I mean, he literally didn't turn up for the FA Cup game. That's how heavily he rotated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you think about this? Because this, we haven't really spoke about this. We had a couple of questions on it last week that I think we missed. A couple of rumblings about that saying, well, you know, Klopp is, look, I'll have more respect if he sits out the World Club Cup because the FA Cup is a big deal. Look, here's the thing. Liverpool could possibly retain the Champions League and it's a tournament that has tormented Klopp for a long time. Liverpool also could be about to win their first league title in 30 years. Nothing should be left to chance. And also, frankly, I can't talk about Klopp because Manchester United got dispensation to miss the entire tournament, which no one seems to be talking about. I'm like, United got the entire FA Cup off. At least Klopp put players in who are good, good footballers, good young players. And they got through. They got through. So I'm like, let's not, let's not cast the first stone here, United fans, because there's a bit of that. It's a little bit kind of like, oh yeah, what's Klopp doing? And like, he's self-righteous. I'm like, United got the, there was a separate rule entirely. If Liverpool were fourth in the league or a safe third, let's say, right. and out of the Champions League, he would have been there. Right. But look at the schedule at the World Club Cup. Wild. <laughs> People forget that quickly as well. Like, Liverpool actually went and won the World Club Cup. Had a Is it World ridiculous... Club Cup or Club World Cup? I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Ask their trophy cabinet, sitting there, whatever you call it. So, you know, they're world champions. And that was a, you know, there's pressure in that game because Flamengo were coming for the, coming yeah. for the crown. They, they not won, they've not been there for, for 40 years in that, in, that, um, in that final, or 30 years, sorry. So for me, it's like, what more do you want from Liverpool? Like, they've played a wild amount of fixtures. They've stayed unbeaten. That's also a factor. So they want the unbeaten record, I'm sure, this season. And the great will be, you know, if they, if they carry on at this rate, it could be the greatest of a points total in a major European league. Um, let's have this question, which will nicely segue us onto the next part of the podcast. From Davishish, against Betis, Barca had a performance of improvement. How do you see Barca performing in the coming weeks? Work in progress. As players work out what Setien requires from them and the combinations of play will keep seeing improvement. There's concern over Griezmann and his performances, but Griezmann is an ill-fitting piece and they're trying to accommodate him. These things take time. And of course, one thing that Barcelona famously don't have as supporters or a club or as a board of directors is time. And they're also being run extremely poorly Absolutely. for a club in their position. Absolutely. If a board is doing a bad job, you look at Manchester United and Barca, events on the pitch will follow suit. It's very, very difficult for a club with a poorly performing board to perform on the pitch. Yeah, and coming in in January and, you know, Kike's not going to turn that, you turn take that the job completely around. Yeah. You take the job and it's there, but yeah, it's but not I mean, the ideal. For, for, I mean, Setien is always admired Barcelona. It's a dream job for him. I've seen a few people in Barca Twitter saying that they, they weren't wild about him coming in anyway. And yeah, I can kind of understand that because maybe his record at Betis. But I think in terms of managers available mid-season who would want to walk into that job and could potentially change the process, if you, like, if you know what I mean. I've not explained that very well. I think he was one of probably the best candidates available. And you know what really struck out for me in that, stuck out for me in that game? The combination between Leo Messi and Frankie de Jong, the opening goal. Yeah. That combination is vital. That's what Frankie de Jong was bought for that um, you know, the late run the fantastic finish but also the understanding with Messi I mean do you want to talk about the Barca-Betis game uh, Betis-Barca sorry uh, three assists from Messi two red cards in the game <laughs> Fekir opening the scoring your, your favourite signing um, that was some goal as well 
It was, it was. I mean, fuck it. That's just that guy. Such a football manager signing, man. I still can't get over how good that signing is. Just he in terms be, of an optics. Must be loving it. The optics yeah. are very good. There's something wild. Um, uh, I think Semra Hunter tweeted that. I think he scored six goals in 20 games for Betis. And two of them have come against Barca, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's great. That's a great start. That's Semra. Always got the numbers. Yeah, shouts to Semra Hunter. Do you want to go anywhere else in La Liga while we're here? Um, just quick, quick nod to Sociedad against yeah. Bilbao. Which was Alexander, a great Isaac game. and Odegaard went to town and then Isaac's assist for the opening goal, it's a hesitation drag back. I've never seen that. Like the combination of moves, he's out on the left flank and Isaac is like this tall, wiry Swedish striker who demolished Real Madrid in midweek as well he, in the copper. Yep, he did. He really did. Well, as did Odegaard. And um, Isaac gets the ball on the left flank and drags the ball like he's out on the left flank near the byline and drags the ball infield and then pauses and then knocks it towards the byline again. And the defender just freezes. And it's wild because you watch it like, when you watch it back, you're like, not that hard, but it's a change of direction. It's completely counterintuitive once you drag the ball back to attack the touchline again. And the defender like almost sits down. Mm. Like, by the time the ball enters the net, gets tapped into the far post. By the, by, by the time the ball enters the net, the defender is like, I think, questioning what reality he's in. Mm. Uh, Isaac's just been on fire the last few games. It was a really great game that obviously yep. passed Derby. And Inyaki Williams scored a great goal as well. What a player. I love Inyaki Williams. Man. So cr- the, name, the name as well. Mm. He'd be good fun on holiday, I reckon. Oh, he just, he's just a, he's just a top dude. Top, top dude. Oh, Athleti- Real Osasuna. Oh, you want to go Real? Yeah, I mean, Ramos scored and he shouldn't have been on the pitch. Yes, that was a horrible tackle. How he wasn't sent off for that, I have no idea. Talk of retrospective red cards, but the tackle is terrifying. Terrifying tackle. Someone said actually on Twitter, like, is there a better goal scoring defender than Virgil van Dijk? Well, the obvious answer to that is Sergio Ramos. He's probably the best goal scoring defender of his generation, I would say. Thomas van Marlen. Yeah, but van Marlen always, but actually early van Marlen. Oh my God, shout out to early van Marlen at Arsenal. Because yeah, he's got something like five goals in his first eight games. The only thing stopping that guy was injury, really. I know. Van Marlen was, he was the truth. Yeah. He was the truth. Um, shout out to van Marlen. But yeah, Ramos, great goal scorer, but I mean, the master of the dark arts as well. That was such a terrible tackle. Yeah, which only got his second goal. Madrid since arriving there was a story didn't he say something like I watched footage of myself and wonder what happened wow which was an incredible admission I can't remember if he said you know what happened he shouldn't have left Eintracht they broke the band up you can get why he did though no because Madrid is only one so young though but you know with those with clubs like Madrid do you know what he should have had more Lukaku energy yeah that's true because Lukaku was like he was confident they'd come back for him but Jovic was like I'm not sure they'll come back. But a lot of people do this move and it's, they do it too soon. And Yeah, but you get what they do. You know, because this is the thing to talk about maybe just very briefly. Well, you better hurry up because we've got to talk about the Milan derby. Well, when a, big clums, when a big club comes in for you, it's now and ever for a lot of people. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, like I'm, not, the, I'm, not, like other, I'm not slagging I, off Jovic, I, know, I know you're but, not, but it's like, you know, it's, to an extent, it's almost like that the, um, the Spain manager who went from Sevilla, Lopetegui. Mm. Um, Lopetegui was basically like, I've got to go, I've got to go. And it, of course, it imploded. Real, yeah. it imploded. Um, and almost revealed his insecurity because he was like, if I'm good enough, like Varane was like that. When Varane got called by um, Madrid and he says, I'm not getting the phone. It was Zidane that called him. He said, I'm not getting the phone. I've got to revise. I'll talk to him tomorrow. Varane was confident enough to know that they'd come back and Mbappe was the same. So I've got a bit of sympathy for those kind of borderline talents who are like, Jovic clearly 
Who's going to look at you, at Luka Jovic? You've got sympathy for them, but you're slagging off Timo Werner. Unbelievable, Mustafa Konga. Yeah, Unbelievable. It's just that elite finishing thing. One yeah. rule for one. I know, I know. For Sorry, Timo. I like you. Should we uh, jump to say, ah, super quick? Because Juventus lost their second game in their last three in the league, and Inter won an absolutely unbelievable. Well, Inter, Milan Derby. Inter had a very bad month. They were due that win. Yeah, well, and they, they had three. They didn't. Have, they have three, three draws in the bounce or something. Four draws in the bounce. Three, three draws in the defeat, and then they've won their last two. And I they're level on points. Yeah, level on points with Juve, and they are top on goal difference after a unbelievable four-two win over Milan. And it's unbelievable for so many reasons. First of all, just shout out to the goal difference because that's going to be vital to be ahead of Juve on goal difference. At any point in the Serie A season, it's just vital because it could come down to that. It mm-hmm. really could, because there aren't many, there aren't too many other teams that these clubs would be expected drop points against. Atalanta have come and gone for Inter, and that was a big game. And Atalanta could have actually won that in the end, the one all draw saved by Handanovic from penalty. But this four-two win was so important. The main reason it's so important is because we won't hear from Zlatan on social media about how he's the king of Milan. <laughs> Scored again. He did, and I was nervous. When I saw they were tuning up, I thought, oh my goodness, here comes the Zlatan show. We're gonna like we're gonna hear about this forever now. But the comeback I came, I saw I conquered. Yeah. But the comeback was so interesting because the assortment of parts. I and I've called Conte the couch or whisperer before, but Victor Moses setting up Lukaku for the decisive fourth goal. Mm. Ashley Young at the far post. Well, actually, it's funny that you name check these people because Sana Qureshi uh messaged me before we recorded saying I have a question about the podcast but she kind of just threw it in there basically Sanchez, Moses, Lukaku all involved with Inter going top I don't know what the question is something about is the Premier League the best league in the world and Serie A is the most reviving she said you're smart you can work it out I think Conte is the most reviving not Serie A it's Conte it's him she also mentioned players like Jacko going there and really reigniting their careers Uh, you know what I would say the Premier League currently is the strongest league, I say, because of what it's producing in terms of... It's the deepest league. Yeah, the, deep, yeah, the deepest league. And the, the co- what makes it deep is the coaching, really. Um, Dzeko is an interesting one. He's a bit of an open question because there's an argument that Dzeko is actually always kind of underrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you I, saw a similar thing with Immobile, though, when he went to Dortmund and then he went to Lazio and like, he just didn't, really didn't do it at Dortmund at all. There's a funny thing, actually, what Sana was saying, because there was a time when Sarri used to kill careers. I mean, look at yeah. Mendieta. Bergkamp. Mendieta, yeah. But Mendieta, Bergkamp. Whereas now, I think the league is not the highest quality, I would say. Well, not as high as it was in that the high watermark period of the mid-late 90s. And but you are having the top teams going quite deep in the Champions League. You are, you years. are, you are. I mm. think that there is a greater tactical freedom for, for attacking players now in Serie A. Oh, compared to what they used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. And so that allows for some of the revival, I think. Yeah, that's a good shout. And also as well, like, also it's just a great place to stay. Like someone like Insigne, so widely touted and also we can't forget the lifestyle quality in Italy which is off the scale for footballers oh yeah I mean if you're you know if you're born in Napoli yeah. and you're raised in sorry you're born in Naples and you're raised in Naples and you play for Naples what Napoli unbelievable yeah the only thing I would say though really is just that I think Conte is just such a major factor in relation to seeing players and assembling pieces it's remarkable we've got Cap Conte back as well when he, when he brings the cap out, he means business, man. Yeah, and watching him at the end of the derby and seeing the way he celebrated was just... Romelu Lukaku still in Marcus Taram's celebration for Gladbach. And they didn't. They tweeted in the imitation sincere <laughs> form of flattery. <laughs> oh, so good. Gladbach Twitter is a really good follow. Just a great club in general, actually. Yeah. Uh, there was some great smoke drifting around the San Siro as well. 
It looked amazing. Some of the photos from that game were unbelievable. I mean, this was a classic. It was a, a classic it's much derby. better than the other derby yeah. uh, this season, I thought. Uh, any other business or should we go and get some lunch? There's lentils waiting. There is. And oh, we there saw, are. Yeah, there are. There are lentils afoot. I think we should get out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh, before we go, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Stadio. You can follow us on Instagram at Stadio Football. Check the website, stadio.football, with all of the, the stuff going up. Buy the t-shirts. Yes, absolutely. You got anything else? You got anything to plug? No, just what we're we playing out on this week. We are playing out on, because it's the anniversary of JD's death, we're going to play out on the remix of Fall in Love by Slum Village. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, turn this up. That's nicely done. We'll be back next week. See ya. Celebration. 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 Come on. Ladies loving my music, it's like some good sex People trying to rip up my mic like it's a lex Ran around the corner to pick up the new text Elsa's in the deck, so you could catch rap I'm the only brother gripping the mic like it's a joke When you fall in love with the music, you never grow Put down your mic, you do not have flow You take it too seriously, you need a miracle Speaking of miracles, I listen to rivers flow In the studio, my dude is still usual Ladies loving my lyrical, it's like sex On my way to the top, I never stop to rest, take you in love with the S. The whole world fell in love with the S. For real. And you say, one time, don't fall in love. Don't sell yourself short to fall in love, my man. Don't fall in love. Sometimes I sit and wonder when I think about these written rhymes How'd I get to the point constantly taking all my time Time I could have been spending getting cash, getting mine Hoping one day it comes around, one day where I'm Then getting money, getting cash, getting signed Get in the ghetto, cause I'm tired of crime But it's a crime that I feel is a waste of time But sometimes I feel like this it is a waste of time Yours and mine to these people out here trying to rhyme For your reason better, shouldn't be genuine We do it because it gives me a sort of peace of mind It's for the love and you say don't fall in love ah, 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 ah. Don't sell yourself Sure to fall in love, my man Don't fall in love ah, 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 ah. Don't sell yourself Sure to fall in love, my man Don't fall in love Hey, uh Uh, still banging in your Jeep. Yeah, it's like that. And it don't stop. 2000 beyond. We on some news. Y'all niggas, oh no, uh. Y'all about to bear witness.